It's good to see everybody out this morning. No, I, I figure we were going to have quite a few people uh, traveling this weekend. I, I'd like to uh, thank personally that everyone uh, it had nothing to do with the holiday and everyone knew that I was going to speak this morning and say, I don't really want to hear Stephen Lord. Um, but uh, I'm going to begin this morning in Matthew chapter 6. The topic for the lesson this morning is, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? I think we all recognize that this is probably a hypothetical question. We'll just have a few things to go over today, and it's mostly, uh, what we'll discuss today is mostly to just make us think about our situation and how we handle different uh, adverse uh, things in our lives. And so we're going to begin in verse 25 of Matthew chapter, chapter 6. Therefore I say to you, be not anxious for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body and what you shall put on. It's not the life more than the food and the body more than raiment. Behold the birds of the heaven, that they snow not, Neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of much more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one single uh, span to your life? And why are you anxious concerning clothing? Consider, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, the toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you, that even Solomon, in all his glory... Was not arrayed like one of these. But if God doth so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Be not therefore the anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore be not anxious for the morrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil, evil thereof. I'll start out, um, I know you guys have probably heard a lot of, a lot of my stories over the years. Um, you know, we've heard this passage over and over again in our, in our lives, and, uh, and I know it's, uh, it's very familiar, uh, but uh, hopefully there's a few things that we'll go over today that'll uh, make you think about uh, certain things and how we ought to live and handle situations as Christians. Um, I had a friend years ago, um, you think about stressful situations in your life, different, uh, different things that you might be going through that make you anxious or worried and uh, a friend of mine he lost his job and it I was probably a teenager at the time and uh, and I was and it, it just always stuck with me you know he had, he had a family three kids and um, and you would think that it'd be a pretty stressful situation instead you know found out he he got a job uh, doing landscaping for, uh, for a few people's uh, yard he 
fix this guy's fence. He was, I mean, he was doing so many different things. And he was like, and I don't understand why people say there's no work to be done. I'm working twice as much now and making just as much money. Um, and he was still able to uh, take care of his his family. And he never, never acted anxious, never got upset, uh, wondering what he was going to do or how he was going to take care of his family. Um, so, you know, I wanted to just say that it is... Unfortunately, I think it's in our nature to worry when things don't go exactly the way we want them to go, but should it be? And so we're going to look at a few few examples. Um, I left a lot of spaces on my outline here. This is actually very detailed for me in case uh, I know it looks a little sparse. Um, this is probably twice as detailed as I've ever made an outline. But uh, hopefully there'll be some space if you want to write some things down. Um, And feel free to talk to me afterwards um, about anything that I have to say. Uh, So we're going to begin looking at a few few examples of a few characters as they got through stressful situations, uh, beginning in the Old Testament. So we're going to flip over and talk about Elijah. Uh, So let's flip over to 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to go ahead and begin in the first verse, chapter 19. Nahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain the prophets with the sword. Uh, to set the stage, uh, this was immediately following after the uh, contest on Mount Carmel, um, to where, you know, it, it seemed like everything was going extremely well, you know. Um, Ahab, you know, he, he tried to call on his guy, uh, call on Baal and, and nothing was happening. And, and Elijah was even kind of mocking them a little bit. Oh, maybe he's asleep and cry out a little bit louder. And, and obviously things went well initially there for Elijah when, uh, when he consumed the, uh, sacrifice, they killed all the prophets of Baal. And then, uh, this is what happened afterwards when Ahab told Jezebel what had happened. So, continuing verse 2, And Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I not make thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose, and he fled for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a juniper tree, and behold, an angel touched him, and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he took, and he looked, and behold, there was his head a cake baked on the coals and a cruise of water. And he did eat and drink, and, and he laid down again. The angel of Jehovah came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. And he arose and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, and he said unto him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, covenant, 
thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. So, you think about Elijah's situation here. And, you know, Jezebel was a uh, pretty uh, uh, formidable woman, we'll just say that. Um, And not somebody you would want to mess with. Everybody who lived during this time knew that. Um, And so, everything was going great for Elijah when they did the contest. And then all of a sudden, Jezebel said, all right, I'm just going to kill you now. And he And he fled. Um, so you think about his situation. Well, that seemed like a acceptable uh, action on Elijah's part to want to run away. Uh, perhaps uh, to uh, to the casual person. Um, and I I just wanted to say the problem with with Elijah in this situation was. His expectations. I feel like I can say that uh, without any problems. You know, he expected everything was going to be perfect. And, and when that didn't happen, and he thought he was alone, and later on they actually said, hey, there's, there's still 7,000 who have not uh, bowed to Baal. Uh, so he wasn't alone. Uh, but, you know, the question is, did he have a choice in, in his actions at this time? He was anxious, he was worried, and he fled. Um, so let's, uh, let's flip over to our next character in Job. Job chapter 1, and we'll begin in verse 20. Then Job arose, and tore his robe, and shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground, and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord has given, the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Let's go over to chapter 2, verse 9. And said his wife unto him, You still hold fast thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of these foolish women speaks. What, shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. I only bring up Job just to compare a little bit with with Elijah. Um... You know, Job, Job lost everything almost instantaneously, and you know his wife was no support to him or whatever. But he still, um, and I especially like in the in chapter two where he said, "Can we accept good from God and not and not bad?" Um, I think uh, I think us in general. And we live in a in a great country. We all have much more than probably uh, we really understand fully, because uh, we've lived in a certain status and a certain stage in life. Um, and 
we're comfortable where we are, aren't we? We're very comfortable where we are in life and our jobs and our homes and stuff. You know what happens when you don't have that anymore? You lose all that. Um, and I just I bring up Job because, you know, initially compared, uh, just comparing him to Elijah, and I know maybe that's not, not fair to say, um, but he still, um, he still maintained his faith in God. Of course, uh, later on, he, he believed that God was, was the one that was doing this to him, uh, to which he did repent uh, later on. Um, so let's flip um, back to the New Testament, and we're going to look at Paul. We've been going through a few, uh, some of this recently. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. Let your forbearance be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, these things do, and the God of peace shall be with you. I think most of you probably know this is one of my favorite uh, passages. And uh, just thinking about Paul and what I said that we, you know, we like our, our status uh, of life, uh, the way we live and how, how we're comfortable at a certain, certain thing. Um, Paul also mentions that uh, in the previous chapter that he knows how to be in meager means and he also knows how to thrive. Um, and we know the situation where he's sitting there and he's in prison, or I guess it was kind of like a house arrest uh, type of thing, but perhaps waiting to be executed, and he's still saying rejoice. Uh, very uh, kind of scratch your head. I mean, if I was in jail, I probably wouldn't be feeling too good about myself, uh, but uh, he, he still um, still kept his faith. Um, and I wanted to look... At verse four, there. Um, where it initially begins, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Um, I think of that as a command. It sounds like a command. Um, and I think if anyone could say, you have a choice, um, you can always rejoice in whatever situation you're in. If Paul can say that in his current situation, surely we can as well. Um, Now, does this necessarily mean that everything in our life is always perfect? 
Everything's smooth sailing. Everything goes exactly the way we expect it to every single day of our, our lives. No. And we kind of thought it was a little bit interesting, the, uh, the, the timing for having my lesson up here. And there's, there's been a lot that we've, we've been dealing with uh, lately. Um, you know, loss of loved ones and people being sick and in the hospital. And, um, you know, I know I got several just in my family alone that are dealing with uh, various things or whatever. And I just thought the timing was, uh, was, was good um, to kind of think about uh, some of these things. Um, we're going to turn next to First Corinthians, chapter ten. I wrote on here just to just to make us think a little bit. And that's why I said that's my intention for this lesson is just to make us think about different things that we go through. So I kind of wondered, is being anxious or worried a temptation? I just kind of want you to kind of think that over and maybe this week or whatever and kind of think about that and read through some of the passages and, you know, arrive at your own conclusions. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as man can bear. But God is faithful, and will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But with every temptation, will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. I know when you think about anxiety and worry, that, it, that wouldn't normally seem like something to consider a temptation initially. And maybe it's just the way my, my weird mind works. Um, and you can tell me if, I, if I'm just being completely off base on this. But I kind of thought, you know, through some of the passages we've looked at so far, um, when he says to be anxious for nothing. Um, and here he would always provide a way of escape. And I think that uh, it just sounds like something that would be a temptation to be anxious when we don't need to be, when he commands us to not be. Turn over to First uh, Peter chapter 5. Beginning in verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your anxiety upon him, because he cares for you. I think most people this day and age probably don't really like to hear a passage like this that you know, we need to humble ourselves. Um, The opposite of that, 
Um, and I don't think there's so many people here that would have an issue with this. Um, but uh, people we come in contact with who think that pride is a good thing, um, quite the opposite. Um, said to humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you later. Um, and casting your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Uh, I know it seems like um, we can be consumed by anxiety, I think. Um, I think we've all been through varying degrees of uh, stressful times in our lives, um, things that stress us out and we're worried about, you know, whether it be money issues or health issues or uh, worrying about family members and different things like that. And it's easy to be consumed by that. Um, I knew some people, uh, some friends of mine that I grew up with in the church and uh, he, uh, um, one guy, he said that when they got married, he made a deal with his wife and he always said that he always told her if you ever have a problem with something just tell it to me and I want you to forget all about it and I'll take care of it and that worked for them I mean sometimes you know people would say that well I don't know if that really works very good but it worked for them they've been married for a long time they're still married today I think 40 something years now um but, uh, and, you know, he, of course, he would say that I, he never worries about anything, so that really worked out for them. Um, but, uh, you know, just uh, something to consider that God has always said that he will look after us and take care of us. And so why are we so consumed by things that can bother us? Let's turn over to uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 15, we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but one that hath been in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with boldness into the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help us in time of need. And we know that Christ was tempted in all ways like us, and he was here. Um, he was still a man. He was still tempted. Um, so he can, he understands. <clears throat> I'm going to flip over and switch gears just a little bit. Um, say God is with us if we are faithful. So we're going to look at a few passage and passages in Psalms. Um, so let's turn over to Psalms chapter 27. probably going to recognize a few a few of these words and probably one of these songs that we have learned in the last couple of years chapter 27 verse 1 Jehovah is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear 
Jehovah is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers come upon me to eat up my flesh, even my adversaries and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Through a ho- Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, even then will I be confident. One thing have I asked of Jehovah, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Let's ask the question of where is our hope? He is our light and our salvation. And when he is with us, there's nothing that we should be consumed in fear by. Let's turn to chapter 56. Still in Psalms. Verses 1 through 3. Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. All the day long he fighting oppresseth me. Mine enemies would swallow me up all the day long, for they are many that fight proudly against me. What time I am afraid, I will put my trust in thee. This passage always kind of made me think about some of my time on the ship. Here I go with some of my stories again. But, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting. Most of my life, I could say that you come into contact with people who don't really want to hear anything about the Bible. That's nothing new for probably any of us in this room. Um, but most of the time it's, oh, I don't want to hear about that. And then they just go on their way. Um, in the Navy, it was a little bit different. Um, they, uh, I would find, and I don't know if it was mostly it'd just due to the fact we were on, on a ship and contained in and things can get to a bullying point when you don't really have room to breathe or be on your own or whatever it is. But I, I would find while I was there that a lot of people would antagonize me and uh, and kind of jab at me and stuff like that specifically to get a rise out of me. And I'd never, never really encountered that too much. Um, you know, some good and some bad, maybe more bad than good, but, um, and I, I felt good the time that I spent there and everything, but, um, yeah, this this passage I, I read pretty frequently while I was out there. Um, that they, uh, but they never got the better of me though. So uh, that's that's good. Uh, <clears throat> flip back to uh, chapter fifty-five, uh, just a little bit, verse twenty-two. Cast thy burden upon Jehovah, and He will sustain thee. For he will never suffer the righteous to be moved. 
See, we're, we're seeing a lot of passages where he says to, uh, to give whatever problems we have over to him, cast your burden upon him, um, that he will take care of it and he will take care of us if we, if we remain faithful. I know we're all familiar with Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Probably not another passage or whatever that, that we can read that can bring us such peace to know that he, he is always there leading us every step of the way, carrying us sometimes. Um, no matter what, uh, what situation we might be dealing with at the time. Let's flip back over to the, uh, to the New Testament. We'll go through a few more passages here. and uh, Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Verse 7, for God gave us not a spirit of fearfulness, but of power and love and discipline. Not in our nature to be fearful, but to be confident, fearless, and strong. Flip over to uh, Romans chapter 8. Verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. <clears throat> Back over to First uh, Peter chapter 3. Getting in verse 14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, blessed be ye, and fear not their fear, neither be troubled, but sanctify in your hearts Christ as Lord, being ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason concerning the hope that is in you, yet with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that wherein you are spoken against, they may be put to shame who revile your good manner of life in Christ. For it is better 
the will of God should so will that you suffer for well-doing and for evil-doing. You know, it's... uh, Interesting to think about that it's good to suffer for his name. Um, we saw this with Paul when he was thrown in jail and they rejoiced that they were worthy to be uh, to suffer for his name. Um, personally, just uh, something I I kind of thought, um, most of you know that I talk about my mom quite a bit, and, uh, you know, one time having a discussion with her, um, she tried telling me that, she was like, you really think anything would be different, you know, if I, if I left Bob and, you know, and came back to the church or whatever, you really think anything would be bit different, because... She, she'd say she didn't feel like she was justified um, as a Christian before, before all of this happened. And uh, I told her, I was like, you know, um, I'm about to read another, another passage that we'll end with today that kind of goes along with that subject. Um, I kind of told her, I was like, you know, I was like, I can see how you say that, Mom. I mean, you know, you're married to this guy that worships the ground you walk on, and, you know, she's, uh, for the first time in her life, she was making good money, um, and er- everything just seemed perfect, right? Exactly where you would want to be carnally, worldly. And, and I was like, you know, we're going to look at this passage that says to count it all joy when you go through various things. I'm like, God tests those who are faithful to him. Not everything is always smooth and easy. And, you know, and that's things that I've thought about over the years. And when I've um, been dealing with different situations within my family or whatever, my personal life, um, that uh, he tests those who are faithful to him. You know, not everything is always going to be perfect and easy for us all the time. Um, And I told her, I was like, Maybe, maybe that's telling you something. He's not testing you anymore because you're not faithful. And, you know. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to turn over to, to James. No, I've already kind of said that a little bit, but we'll go ahead and read through it anyway. <clears throat> James chapter 1. Verse 2, count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into manifold temptations, knowing that the proving of your faith worketh patience. And let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. But if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, Doubting nothing, for he that doubts is like the surge of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. 
Let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord, a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, I guess I'm a little bit early. A little bit more than I wanted to say, but, you know, I kind of started out uh, just saying, we have a lot going on to be anxious about. Um, and I know there's probably other things going on that maybe not are, uh, that we don't know firsthand that you might be dealing with secretly. Um, you know, there's there are always things in our life that are going to cause us anxiety, um, and stress. Uh, but God has said that he is, uh, he is here with us. And, uh, and so are we, you know, we're, this is our family. We're, we, we are here. We're a family together. And, uh, and we're here to support and help and encourage one another, um, however we can. Um, not easy to be uh, joyful when things aren't going extremely well. Um, but, you know... He told us he, he can to throw that burden on him, um, and he uh, and he he is faithful to take care of it. Doesn't mean that everything is going to go easy if we make mistakes. You know, sometimes we have to accept consequences, uh, but he is uh, he is always there uh, to to help us, and so are we. Um, I just wanted to read this uh, this thing that I found. Long time ago, I had to kind of dig it up or whatever. Um, it's probably one of these kind of motivational things or whatever, but I thought it was pretty pretty interesting and something to kind of think about as we close out this morning. Um, <clears throat> it's entitled "A Memo from God." The date is today. It's to you uh, from the boss. Subject is yourself. And the reference is life. I am God. Today I will be handling all of your problems. Please remember I do not need your help. If life happens to deliver a situation to you that you can't handle, don't attempt to resolve it yourself. Kindly put it in the SFGTD, something for God to do box. All situations will be resolved but in my time, not yours. Once the matter is placed in the box, don't hold on to it by worrying about it. Instead, focus on all of the wonderful things present in your life that God has given you. If you find yourself stuck in traffic, don't despair. There are people in this world for which driving is an unheard of privilege. Should you have a bad day at work, Think of the man who has been out of work for years. Should you despair over a relationship gone bad, think of the person who has never known what it's like to love and be loved in return. Should you grieve the passing of another weekend, think of the woman in dire straits working 12 hours a day, seven days a week to feed her children. Should your car break down in a dead zone, leaving you miles away from assistance, think of the paraplegic who would love the opportunity to take that walk. 
Should you find yourself at a loss in pondering what is life all about, asking what is my purpose, be thankful. There are those who didn't live long enough to get the opportunity. Should you find yourself the victim of other people's bitterness, ignorance, smallness, insecurities, remember, things could be worse. You could be one of them. Um, Something I think about and Interesting, when I had my, uh, I had to do a swap with, with Jerry, and I appreciate him for, I was supposed to be up last weekend. Um, I didn't even know when I was looking at the dates that this was Memorial Day weekend that I was going to be up here. And um, and I probably told you this before, but with it being Memorial Day, and I know my, my Navy tie is a little tacky, but um, I... Uh, one of my mentors in the Navy, and he, uh, half, at least half of you know this story, but he um, he was six, uh, six months away from retiring, and he um, his unit got activated. They're going to go to Iraq, and you know they're going to be gone for a full year. And so they told him, "Okay, you just need to go ahead and put in your retirement paperwork, and we'll send somebody else in your place." Because he was. He was a commander, pretty high-ranking guy, so he couldn't just not go. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. And he, um, he talked to the guy who was supposed to go in his place, and he was like, what kind of man would I be if I filed this paperwork and I put you in harm's way? And uh, so he, he left, and he, uh, he passed away. That was about... Nine years ago, after he would have been retired, left behind a wife and three children, a couple of grandbabies, and you know, it's uh, rough. And I'm like, I don't know if I could have done that, but one of those things that, you know, he would have had that stress level, you know, been anxious to go in there, going over there, and that kind of situation. I don't know if I could have done that, but uh, just. Some things for us to think about, um, and I appreciate your attention this morning.